Welcome to a bonus Transfer Deadline Day podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 17. And with me to talk all about the hecticness of the day is the lovely Oscar Saywell. I am Blake Munchell. Oscar, how happy are you with West Ham's business today? Um, that's a cover. Oh, I'm so happy. We've signed so many players. Um, I couldn't. I can't believe it. Honestly, um, Rafinha, Phillips, Carlos Tevez is back. I mean, oh, what a what a what a window. What a window. Yeah. Um, maybe not the window that Oscar uh, would have wanted. Yeah. Um. No. I know. They made a cool $1.1 million profit. So, yeah, we did get rid of... Okay, boring West Ham stuff out of the way. We did get rid of a couple um, of our, like, highly rated European youngsters in Federico Alves is out the door, and so is... um, Oh, my God. Gonzalo... I can't remember his last name, but he went to Real Batiste. Um, so fascinating stuff for West Ham. Really, really fascinating. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about much more interesting transfers over the course of this pod. Not least Newcastle. Um, yeah. How? Wait. Uh, hang on. How's your day been? How's your uh, Monday? It's only Monday. How's it been? Good. Uh, how, how many yes. times did you refresh your Twitter? That's the real question I, today. I don't even want to know. During work. Um, too many. Way too many times. Uh, mm. I. I went through my history to try to find something that I had searched up earlier, and it was just all Twitter refreshes. Mm. Um, but I will say I'm in a good mood. Uh, Newcastle As this January have spent more than the 14 previous January transfer windows. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is just ludicrous. That's, that, that is ludicrous. And we're going to get into Newcastle more later in the pod um because you've had an excellent window in my opinion um i figured we would do this little bonus episode as just a bit of a conversation about um players that have moved clubs uh over the course of the last month um my players that i've sort of highlighted or just written down here are all players that uh involve either a club in england or scotland um there have been some high profile moves across europe i'm sure we can touch on those later if we have the time um but for now i'm focusing you know i'm i'm england scotland centric um and j- we have discussed a few signings already haven't we Blake? so we've discussed philippe coutinho um and dinia to villa and we've also discussed trippier and wood to newcastle um is there anything more you want to say on any of those players, or should we delve into some some new signings? I think we should go straight into it. I don't think let's do it. There's too much else to talk about. Okay. Um, here's oh sorry, please. Now I was gonna say, can you please tell the listeners about what today's for, uh, format is gonna be? Yeah. So I reckon I reckon it's very. I mean, format very straightforward. I thought we would just you know whoever which some, one of us starts by saying a name. We have a little conversation about it, um, or you can pull out a few opinions about the move, and then uh, and then the other one says a name, and we bounce back and forth, and um, and eventually we'll dwindle down to no more signings, and then we'll move on to our best objective signing, favorite signing, 
worst signing, and then I also have the worst window and the best window for a team. Um, so that's the loose format for today. Hopefully it'll be fun. Yeah. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, you know what? Yes, I will kick us off. I'll, I'll, I won't kick us off with anything sensational. Oh, you know what? Let's get, let's, let's get this off the ground. Um, a wholesome way to start. Let's just touch on Ericsson. Ericsson's move to Brentford, which I don't know. Correct me. Is it only a six month or is it till 2023? I've seen both reports. Um, I'm I've not entirely seen sure. Report, so. so it could be an 18 month deal. It could be a short term deal to the uh, end of the season. Either way, I think this, you know, football fans around the world are very happy with this. Um, it'll be great to see Ericsson back in action. If he gets back in action, um, you know, there's really no pressure on him. I think, I think everyone's expectations are, I don't even know, nil basically. Um, it could turn out so many different ways, right? Psychologically he steps out on the pitch and maybe 10 minutes and he's like, I can't do this. Um, you never know, but, um, you know, sort of as the, the, the romance story, it's, it's really fun. Um, as an objective football signing, I mean, this is quite the coup for Brentford, um, especially, especially if Ericsson has absolutely no problems um, moving forward in his football career. Um, they've got a sparkling playmaker who always, almost from day one, lit it up in the Premier League. Um, and, and, you know, that Danish contingent at Brentford and, and the sort of no pressure environment, seeing as Brentford look pretty comfortably outside of the the relegation battle this season, I really like this move, um, and uh, I was I was glad to see it happen. It was in the works for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I'm cautiously, you know, happy mm-hmm. about this. Um, on two levels, one health wise, we don't know what's going to happen, and two, right. uh, you just don't know what level he's going to come back at. Um, he yeah. you know has been out for a long time so you don't know if he's uh you know he's got 4 months of uh premier league soccer to play in and how much of that is going to ne- be needed to uh get right. back up to speed and by the time he's up to speed sure. how many games are there left and uh sure. yeah i think yeah. it's an intriguing one we bookmarked it as something we were not allowed to highlight it as one of our favorite signings. Um, yes. Which is fair. It's yeah, like I think the, it exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sports anime, this is the classic uh, sure. team is down that on their luck cool and then star player comes and joins them at the last second to give them a big boost. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I think this sort of exists outside the, the general transfer zone, transfer sphere um, right now, at least. And I think... I think we'll see him as an impact player. Um, so I, I'm not sure we'll see him starting um, a lot in these next few months, but off the bench, um, you know, he'll be excellent. And and who knows, maybe he'll turn his attention to some coaching and maybe that's on his mind as well. And I'm sure that'd be a great place to, to do it along with Thomas Frank um, at Brentford. All right, Blake, what's your first pick? Ooh, um, I will go uh, for a player I'm not sure you know too much about. But I know him, of course, through Football Manager because he's uh, absolutely insane. And that's uh, Julian Alvarez from River Plate to Manchester City. Oh, yes. Uh, Yes, this is a big one. A player I know nothing about. I've never watched River Plate play. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, my God, on Football Manager, 
within three to four seasons, he always grows to be the best player in the world. So, really, uh, wow. Oh, definitely. Um, he's like the player where if you sign him, people are like, "Oh, come on!" Like everyone signs him. Oh, it's a uh, cheat, right? Right. Yeah. So of course, Manchester City did it um, <laughs> for eighteen point seven million, uh, which, um, you know, we'll see when he joins in the summer. Sure. How it goes, I doubt he even plays next year. Um, but uh, I like the signing. Um, I will double up on mine about another player I'd like to talk about, and that's a certain Veghorst from Wolfsburg to Burnley, the Chris Wood replacement. Mm, um, yes. And all sorts of reports coming out um, about why they were able to get him despite. Uh, well, essentially, the reports were he was wanted by many clubs, but no clubs really wanted to take it because he's unvaccinated. Um, mm. And is a... Who, sorry? Wout Weghorst? Yes. Uh, and right. he, uh, you know, he posted a lot of uh, conspiracy theories and then there was like oh, a half-assed wonderful. apology. Um, wonderful. So... Uh, you know, people are saying this is peak Burnley signing. Um, it is. Yeah, which is, you know, sad because mm. there's a soft spot I have for Burnley. But um, who I just do not understand. Well, not I don't understand. Um, this is going to be a boomer bust signing. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's the way good. they play. He's the exact player you would sculpt for a system like that. And that means it can either go spectacularly or yeah. go up in flames. Um, so we will see. I'm envisioning a final day of the Premier League, uh, Newcastle away at Burnley, Vout Veghorst scoring a 90th minute winner to send Newcastle down. Um, yeah, that would be uh, depressing for sure. Do you have any others uh, that you want to just generally talk about? Oh, like g- super general? Um, okay. I have. Lo- I mean, so as, as opposed to what? As opposed to super in- really in-depth? Um, uh, yeah, I figured we were okay. going more in-depth. Right, I'll, the... I'll rattle off some names to you. I'll rattle off some names to you. Robin Olsen went to Villa on a loan, um, the Swedish Meh. goalkeeper. Um, Seja Kolasinac uh, went to Marseille on a free earlier this month. Um, I th- think that's an excellent move for him. I agree. Um, it's incredible. Yes. Uh, I like him as a player, actually. Um, you know, I don't think he's world-class or anything, but um, Arsenal is not the easiest place to be as a player. So I think uh, Marseille is, yeah, it's, it's cool. Martial went to Sevilla on loan. I believe we touched on that a little bit. Um, I, I really like that signing as well um, for him and for Sevilla. They're going all out, um, actually, for for La Liga this season, and they've signed a fair few players in this transfer window. Um, Samuel Carlu, who probably could make your um, ex Wonder Kids section of this pod, he moved to Watford for a very small fee from Bordeaux, who are struggling with finances and basically everything right now. Um, yeah, you. I don't love him as a player. Also, you also don't love him as a player, right? He's sort of like a bit of a mercurial talent um his numbers aren't very good i'm not super sure why watford have signed him but there you go um you know it could be 
could be a useful body in the uh, the battle for survival. Um, and then finally, I will give you Endombele leaving Spurs um, t- on loan to Leon, the club where they bought him for sixty-five million pounds. Um, finally, he's out. Clearly needed it. And yeah, those are my basics. Those are my basics. Yeah, Indombele will be uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, Probably, yeah. He's a very good player. It's hard um, to has not worked out for him at Spurs. Great. Yeah, I mean, Leon is struggling. Leon is struggling um, a little bit. So, you know, I think that if we were talking about how Ericsson has to get up to speed, I think Indombele is definitely someone who suffers from fitness issues and therefore lack of game time probably means that he um he might stutter a bit uh at the beginning of this i think i think it's just a six month loan um yes but it is if he if he gets back to anywhere near the the heights that he was rocking um before his money move to uh spurs then i'm sure leon will shoot up the table yeah um I have a few signings just to you know ramble off. Uh, mm-hmm. Lewis Baker finally freeing oh, yeah. himself from Chelsea, um, going to Stoke, which I think is a good signing, and I like mm-hmm. Lewis Baker. I think he's a good player. Yeah, Stoke um, are on the rise again. Yeah, for sure. Stoke, they're coming back to the Premier League. They're going to do yeah, it. They're doing well. They're doing well. Um, Jean Philippe Mateta in a signing that uh, has been yes. on the cards forever. Um, mm-hmm. And then they like squeaked it out in the last hour. Yeah. yeah they did. Um, and then um, who else did I like? Um, Luis Diaz. Um, that's for a the throwaway price they fee. Paid. That is a that's um, my big one. That's a big one. For well, me. I think this this is a wonderful wonderful move. I had it on my list of objectively good signings, but sure. I have other names on there as well. So I was like, I'll. You know, just throw this one out there. You've um, stolen me. Okay. The prices being thrown around originally for Luis Diaz were in like the 90, 100, 110 million oh, range. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Liverpool got him for, you know, just under 50 million is yeah. uh, a coup. Oh, um, sure. um, can I speak then, a little bit more on him? Seeing as yes. a, if that was a throw. Sorry. Yeah, so I mean, look, this is a guy who uh, came over from. Uh, uh, I mean, he came over from Colombia actually to Porto. He played for Barranquilla and Atletico Junior um, in his earlier days. He's twenty-five, um, so a solid age, um, and his goal-scoring exploits in Colombia um, weren't, uh, you know, massive. But he got that move to Porto. Um, where he took a couple seasons to sort of his trajectory was sort of rumbling, and then in the past eighteen months he's exploded, and and then if you want to go even tighter, this season in his last eighteen league games he's scored fourteen goals, um, and that's when a bunch of clubs started to to uh, to look at him, and, and Liverpool swooped. Um, I think this is a one of the signings of the window because, um, I mean, not only for the player, but for for Liverpool as a team as well. So you're now looking at a Liverpool side who all their, I mean, Sana still hasn't signed that contract extension. All their, those top players 
Actually, no, Firmino might be out of contract this year, but Mane and Salah are out of contract in 2023. Um, Luis Diaz's form, I think, over the past year has been, you know, comfortably comfortably as good as Mane's, possibly better, albeit in a different, in, you know, in, in the Portuguese league. But as an option to, um, you know, f- for that, to freshen up that front line, I think this, this signing is so shrewd from Klopp and, and you know, the, the Liverpool hierarchy. Um, it's a massive upgrade on the likes of Divock Origi and Takumi Minamino. Um, and, you know, imagine... You know, imagine Firmino and Mane, you, you could actually say, are sort of fading somewhat. Salah's the best player in the world. Jota is playing as well as Mane has ever played for Liverpool. And now throwing Luis Diaz into the mix. And you're seeing Klopp revitalizing a front line that has actually sort of been frozen for the past 18 months because of the pandemic. So there were rumors a, a couple of years ago that, you know, back in 2020, Liverpool were very comfortable with selling Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane for massive fees in a bid to, you know, they were going to get Timo Werner in and, you know, revitalize that attack. And that's, you know, that's atrophied for a bit. But I think now we're seeing um, them making these shrewd signings again. And um, yeah, it spells, it spells worry for the clubs around them, I think. Um, I'm really big on this transfer. So... Yeah, I really like Luis Diaz. Mm, Uh, I think he's a phenomenal player. Mm. Um, And, you know, Porto, I feel like they have a pretty good track record of their players being able to adopt to or adapt to the Premier League. Um, I have uh, just one more throwaway player, um, and that is Chiquinho uh, joining uh, Wolves. I. I just I like him. He's a good player. Um, nifty little, uh, nifty little winger. Yeah, um, and the continuation of the Portuguese pipeline. Absolutely. Um. All right. Uh, do you really quickly want to talk about any international, like non-English related ones? Just the big ones. Um. um do Sam or- Vlahovic to Juventus is a big one um that's for sure um he desperately wanted to stay in Italy and Juve despite the fact that they're currently battling for top four um stumped up a good 75 million for him um also that's a big one and um I I'll shout out the fact that Aubameyang uh just signed on a free for Barcelona uh, wow that was confirmed half an hour ago so yeah um, oh man, I need to take it signing, off my yeah. uh, my list. Uh huh. Yeah, that was I, that, that's. Oh, I mean that's it's pretty sensational. I think uh, pretty sensational. But um, smart business by Arsenal. Um, they got to cut cut their losses on that one. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I had it just as a spoiler on my worst signings of the window. Oh, is Arsenal failing to get Aubameyang off their books. Wow. Well, yeah. <coughs> so, oh, God, do you have any? Choking. <laughs> you okay? I was like, where's, yeah. where's he gone? Um, do you have any, or shall we, can I move on to um to another one of my signings? 
Um, I'm not sure if this is just one of those confirmed, but not actually confirmed, but all but done, but later will fall apart things. But the Mbappe joining Real Madrid on a free this summer. Um, yeah. And just the mismanagement by PSG. Um, oh, like, I guess they're you know, trying to send a statement by not selling him, but losing out on $180 million is a, a very tough pill to swallow. Yep. Okay. Let's talk some objectively good signings. Okay. Um, ignoring, we already talked about Luis Diaz. He was the first name on my, or second name on my list of objectively good signings. Um, mm. But I will go first because I think one of the clear cut signings of the uh, window has been Bruno Guimaraes from yes. Leon Talk to, me about to Newcastle. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the last time a player that's being pursued by some of the top uh, clubs in the world chose to then go to Newcastle. Um, even mm. you know Arsenal in their state, um, Newcastle are nowhere near Arsenal right now, um, and that's a bad Arsenal. And Newcastle are. Yeah, the shittest of the. Yeah. Um, but he's you know exactly what Newcastle have been needing for many seasons. Um, you know we've been starting players like John Joe Shelby and Isaac Hayden, and uh, these players who I really like but are not primarily quality anymore. Um, Isaac Hayden maybe as a right back, but uh. Uh, he's just incredible. Um, I think he has one of the most satisfying you know, tapes to watch. Um, his ability to turn, his ability to pass. Um, mm. Especially when you look at Newcastle's issues, which are one of our biggest issues is our transitions. Um, it's basically the ball gets to uh, Alan St. Maximin and he transitions us or we lose the ball and we have to go back to defending. Um, and I think Bruno Guimaraes, one of his best skills is uh, what I once plotted Joe Willick for, um, his ability to get the ball, quickly turn, and get it up the field. Joe Willick has been a disappointment this season, um, but I think Bruno Guimaraes is a different type of gravy. Wow. Yeah, this is an exciting signing for you. Um, I'm also pretty confused why he's joined you. Um uh, you know, big payday. I'm sure that there is some sort of clause in his contract um, that if you get no. relegated, he gets to. Nope. Are you serious? Yeah. That's no relegation bonkers. clause for any of our five signings. That that's that that is bonkers. I don't understand why they're doing that. Um, those those signings. Those all. Any... The the midfield talents in Europe, um, and beloved by ev all the fans of the three clubs he's played for, possibly two, but certainly the Leon fans, he came, oh God, the pandemic era has been so long now that he actually only came to Europe um, right before um, the first lockdown. I think he came maybe, maybe even in 2020 January transfer window. Um, yes. And he, it, everything shut down. And by when they came out again, he spoke fluent French. 
Um, so he, you know, loved by the, the Leon faithful. Um, and yeah, uh, I think that if he puts himself about, um, he's going to be a star for you. Um, so I, you've moved on to objective quite fast and I suck at making calls for what's objectively good and what's objectively bad. Um, so I am going to throw out now just, I don't know, just players that I, I think are very big signings, but I'm not, you can tell me if you think they're going to be good or not. Cause I have no idea. Um, I okay. want to talk about Delhi Ali's permanent move to Everton, which is possibly, I was shocked when I saw this. I really was. I, I, every, all the reliable sources kept saying that Delhi Ali would in fact leave Tottenham this window. I always assumed it would be a loan. And I don't know what I thought in the back of my mind that, that it was, I don't know, certainly not Everton. Um, I think this is a very risky move for the player. Um, I think you could even go as far to say it could turn. It's sort of shades of a Wobi for me. Um, it's not a good thing, you know, mate. Exactly. It's not a good thing at all. Um, can Lampard, you know, and we have, have we even talked about Lampard's appointment at Everton? He's been appointed by Everton. Massive job for him. Can he do anything there? I think he's a, I think he's a okay coach. Certainly he's, he can set up an attacking side. Um, we've discussed before that he can't set up a defense. This time he does not have Jody Morris with him. They always come as a duo. And uh, so all, you know, all the, all the, all the talk is that they were very much a duo. And that means that they shared a lot of responsibilities tactically and on the training pitch. Um, he's not there. How that, how's that going to impact Lampard? And then at the same time, and okay, fine. Let's just throw Donny van der Beek into this too on loan. Um, they have the bones of a good side now with these signings and with Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison on the mend. I think they should have signed more defenders. Um, and I guess I am now quite worried about this midfield defensively because Deli Ali certainly isn't doing that. And Donny van der Beek's defensive numbers at Ajax were excellent, but he's had however many months just basically out in the cold at United. So Look, I I think I think actually that we we're seeing something similar at uh, Steven Gerrard at Villa right now, and that these players have come to Everton because Frank Lampard was just signed, um, and that's a big deal. Uh, that's why you sign a celebrity name as your manager if you're a club. But I'm really interested to see how this is going to pan out, and I think the Delhi permanent move that is a that is an indict that that is. Yeah, that's it. Really says something about how Tottenham value him now, um, and also how far Everton are down the Premier League pecking order that they would allow him to move on a permanent there. Yeah, um, I think kind of like the Veghorst signing, it's either gonna work, sure, or it's gonna be pretty ugly. Um, I can't recall off the top of my head what formation he played at Rangers. Um, Who's he? Frank Lampard. At Rangers? Uh, sorry. You mean Gerard? Sorry. Hold on. I'm all over the place. I've been staring at a screen too long. Mm. At Chelsea? Yes. What, right. what formation he ran at Chelsea? Yeah. 
Um, um, do you re- he recall ran, off the top of your head? Yeah, he 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 ran a back four at Chelsea, um, and he he had he had mounts buzzing in a, a much more attacking position than he is currently playing, and he would drift from the right to the center, and that's where I reckon he'll try and put Deli Ali far up the pitch. I'm not seeing Deli Ali as an eight under Frank Lampard. I'm seeing him as a, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, an eleven or a fourteen kind of deal. Um, I think he'll be right up there. It'll be an attacking trident of Richarlison, Ali, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And then Gray will be that fourth, I think. Yeah. Uh, when does Dominic Calvert-Lewin come back from injury? He is back, I think. Okay. Um, before Got the it. international break, he was playing a bit. Um, but yeah, it'll be slow. He's been out for a while. He's been out a while. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It's hard to kind of really know what's going on with Everton. Um, they've always been a tough side to predict. Um, and they've always made these signings that they seem really good on paper. And then Everton kind of always finds a way to mess it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think if you had to ask me who will have a better Everton career, I think Deli Alley will do better than Donny van de Beek will do. Mm-hmm. Um, at Everton, interesting. Uh, yeah. Which is a pretty, I, I, yeah. I think it's a pretty basic shout because um, think... we've seen Delhi do it in the Premier League, and we haven't seen Donny yeah. do it. I, and this is just the whole Donny van der Beek thing is just so sad because this is objectively a, a player who was in the top five biggest talents off the Ajax, you know, um, cup runs and and all that stuff, um, and he even did the sensible thing on paper and didn't leave the same summer as De Ligt and De Jong who have had their own problems and stayed one more year at Ajax and then was, you know, bought by Man U and it was a horrible move and yeah. Um, so I don't think it, the Everton loan move will work out very well for Donny either and I think he should go back to Ajax for a few years um, in the summer. Yeah. Um, his... Man, his contract at Man U is through 2025, which is yeah, it's a long, a long time. Contract, long, long contract. Um, that's the downside of those five-year contracts, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Everton? They're currently sitting in 16th, um, and form-wise, I think only Watford are in worse form. I was, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think, yeah, um. Who knows, man? Um, I get Brentford have pretty bad form as well. Um, well, are you still rattling off names or? Yeah, sure. Okay, so here's another double for you, um, Blake Kulisevsky and Bentancur to Tottenham Hotspur. Kulisevsky, the Swedish winger, on an 18-month loan deal for 10 million with buy option with 35 million pounds. Uh, Rodrigo Bentancur, the Uruguayan midfielder, on a £16 million permanent deal. So, to, oh, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Kulisevsky, another highly, highly talented player. Um, he was wonderful on loan at Parma um, from an Italian club that I can't remember who it is now. Fiorentina? No. Sampdoria? Possibly something like that. Um, 
This is a player who had super, super high expectations at Juventus and has never really lived up to them. Um, he's a strong, uh, yeah, a strong winger. I wouldn't actually call him a very pacing winger. He's, he's very strong, um, tricky um, with his feet. Um, he's got an eye for goal, or at least he has in the past. Um, maybe a bit of mismanagement at, at Juventus. They, they've, had, they've chopped and changed a lot since, since he's come into the fold there. Um, and then Rodrigo, Rodrigo Bentancur, this is the, I guess, the more solid signing of the two. Um, he's in his, I think he's 24, um, Uruguayan midfielder, puts himself about um, just all the stereotypes for a Uruguayan footballer. That's Rodrigo Bentancur. Um, very good technically, great progressor of the ball. Um, and uh, and he, he never, ever tires. He's got a huge engine. Um, I don't know what to make of these signings. I don't. They just don't inspire me whatsoever. Um, Patrici, the sporting director, question mark, of Tottenham, has worked with these players before. Um, and I believe Conte hasn't. I believe they came to the club after he left. Um, I, I'm just kind of underwhelmed by these two signings. Um, and, and they've paid a fair amount of money for them. Um, out the door in Dombele and Deli Alley, in the door Kuliseski and Bentenko. It doesn't fill me with... Excite, excitement um, or confidence, frankly. But what do you think? I um, very much agree on Kulisevsky. Um, he, what I know about him, uh, he's one of those like big wingers um, that yeah. will score headers and bully small yeah. wingbacks. Yeah. yeah, which work, um, might work in the Prem. It might work in that's the Prem. What it, that is absolutely my line of thought. Um, yeah. I think I think he's going to be okay. Um, he's sort of his career trajectory has been a little bit disappointing, like you said, underwhelming. Yeah. Um, he's made a lot of appearances for Juventus, but I believe almost all of them are off the bench. Um, and Benton Court. I'm surprised Juventus were willing to let him go so cheaply. Um, but I guess it's because uh, Zachariah is coming in, or Zachariah is coming in. Um, yeah, that's a but, stonking signing, by the way. What a signing. Yeah, he's a very good player. Um, so, you know, I don't understand why they let Bentancur go for so little, but... right. Um, they're cash strapped. I think that's why. Yeah, I mean, so Benton Kerr is very versatile. Yeah, he can play either wing back, either winger, all three central yeah, midfield positions. Yeah, um, very good. So, which is something Conte likes, right? He likes his versatile yeah, players. Right. He likes and his hard workhorses. workers, exactly. Yep. And that's what Ndombele is not. And Deli Ali is a bit more, but you know, hasn't shown it that much. Um, so I, I like the Benton Kura signing more than I like the Kulisevsky signing. And yeah, um, Kulisevsky is actually only 21 years old, which is a couple years younger ridiculous. than I thought. Um, so that's, yeah, that I, I guess maybe Conte will try and mold him into, into a sort of disciple. Um, but yeah, hasn't got many minutes this season at, uh, at U of A. Yeah, um, I believe... If I remember correctly, they bought 
Kulusevsky, and then uh, six months later, bought Kie- or loaned in Chiesa. Um, and I think... Right. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I think it uh, sort of limited Kulusevsky to being a bench player, pretty much. Um, but, yeah. you know, fresh but, yeah, green I mean, pasture. Just to, yeah, just to... Look, okay. To give listeners maybe a, a t- more of a taste of what this guy what Kulusevsky is, look, he he became the youngest player in the top five leagues in Europe to have scored more than three goals, um, to you know to date or whatever, however you want to call it, in 2019, um, you know, since his debut, and then he was also one of only two players who were born after the first of January 1999, the other being Jaden Sancho to have made at least seven assists in the top five European leagues. So, you know, this is a big, big talent um, who who's just maybe lost his way a tiny bit. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, so one to watch for sure. Um, I can wrap up a few more signings if you want. Um, I'd like to yeah. shout out Canham Chambers to Aston Villa. This one came out absolutely nowhere. Not even... Transfer guru Fabrizio Romano had a sniff of this. Um, I'm pretty sure it's for no money. Um, great move for Callum Chambers. Uh, I, and I, I think he's fine. Okay. He just barely plays, right? He's fine, I guess, as a player. Villa have spent a lot of money. Um, I guess Gerard rates him. This kind of feels like that kind of move to me. And he'll be a very useful um, utility man when he's fit, basically. Um and then I would also... Oh, yeah, Matty Target to Newcastle on loan. Talk to me about that quick, if you want. Uh, I'll, uh, you know... Oh, you want to say that? Take the foot oh, okay. out of my mouth, I guess, because um, I've been a long-time critic of Matty Target. Mm-hmm. But now I think he's the greatest wingback in Absolutely. the world. Yeah. Um, Slow, but good. Yeah, um, really... I like him a lot. Callum Chambers really quickly. Um, you can do a lot worse for a fourth string. Oh, absolutely. Center back. Um, he's, so he's going to be fine. Yeah. I think it massively improves Villa. Um, hint, Villa will come up later. Um, Ooh. Matty Target. Um, Villa fans were very upset to see him leave. Um, yeah, they he, like him. They like him a lot. Uh, they like him a lot. Uh, he is a... Uh, refilling the Matty uh, quota mm. we have at Newcastle because we let uh, both Matty Longwell and Matty Longstaff leave. Yes, Longstaff's um, gone to Mansfield. Mansfield Town. Um, we might bring Quite Matty Longstaff up on this podcast in a few Almost years. got bought 50 mil by United. And now That's Sean. No, Matty Longstaff was... I mean, it was a ridiculous rumor, but he was linked to Man U for £50 million because he scored those two goals against them. Oh, maybe. Genuine, then genuinely, they both were yes. linked for £50 million <laughs> to Man horrible. U. Absolutely horrible. Um, yeah. Um, I think Matty Target is a... I, I want to say uninspiring, but he's quite highly rated by everyone no, other than myself. I, I so, think he's really good. I think. He's really I think good. he massively improves Newcastle. There you go. Yeah, for sure. Um, then I want to talk to you about. Well, okay, Adama Traore left on loan to Barcelona. 
Um, I feel like you got to love Adama Traore just because he's he's just incredible um, and he's so entertaining and he has no output and it's hilarious. Um, I will save I will save the big man Dan Byrne for you later, but he went to Newcastle. And then I want to also talk about the two Scottish signings. Amar Diallo went on loan from Man U to Rangers. I really like this move. Um, yep. I think Amar Diallo is really good. And then Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey to Rangers on loan is just a fantastic signing. Just hilarious. I love it. Um, and I may as well say it now because I think for me we're transitioning out of just the general talk. That's my favorite signing of the of the window. Not objective good. I don't know how the hell it's going to go. But I have a bit of a soft spot for Aaron Ramsey. It's a romance move because it's, you know, an old old school club in Rangers. Um, and he was like, how could you turn down playing in front of 50,000 fans every other week um, when he signed for Rangers? And yeah, I just like it. I just like that. That's It puts a smile on my face. Yeah, uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy. Um, yeah, probably not. That's, but, you know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I was hesitant to put the Ramsey signing on. Um, one, because it's a loan deal, and that strikes me as really weird um, after the what felt like a lot of contention between him and Juventus. They should um, just there's a lot of free. Yeah, there was a lot of like yeah. public airing of dirty laundry that was yeah. going on. So um, now in the summer, he's going to return. Um, yeah. I think if he was a player that was more mouthy, which he's never been in, he's just never been in the news basically in his whole playing career, unless it's about his injuries, it would, it would be much more toxic, but because he just stays out of the news, it's just kind of like, Oh, he's barely played. He's spent, he's, you know, they spend tons of money on him every week. He's going to Rangers kind of thing. I think he only has 50 appearances in like three years for them or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, not surprised. Yeah. Uh, are you ready to get into some? Yeah. So tell me more about structured. Yeah, go. I've I've run out of signings. Really, I've just told you. I've told you my favorite signing. So we got you to tell me favorite, and then best objective, worst, and then talk more generally about the windows of players of teams rather. All right. Uh... First, my favorite signing is obviously Dan Byrne returning gotta to be, his childhood club. Yeah. Uh, just uh, one, he is in the form of his life, um, which is great to see, and I love to see it. Um, I've talked extensively on this podcast about how much I love Dan Byrne. Uh, and he was never afraid while at Fulham or at Brighton to say that he is still a Newcastle supporter. Um, so he was very near and dear to Newcastle Hearts, and now him returning just sort of feels, you know, like stars aligning and stuff. Sure. Um, and no matter what happens, I think, well, so one, I think he walks into the club and is automatically the second best center back we have behind Fabian Scher. Um, and I think he's going to be an integral part of these next two seasons as Newcastle yeah. transition from being a uh, discount bargain bin yeah. shopping club to uh, whatever 
the current owners envision can I, um, being. Can I slip in a really quick question for you? Yeah. Um, do you think this is a signing with that looks at what would happen if you get relegated as well? Um, like a guaranteed, uh, won't kick up a fuss if you get relegated, we'll stay. I think, hmm. I think, yes, he would not cause any issues if we got relegated. I think he would stick with us. Um, hmm. But no, I don't think it's a like signing for the championship, um, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I just feel like all of the other signings um, sort of indicate that's not really the belief that the owners have or that the players have. Um, I think if we go down, Dan Byrne will be, you know. He'll, he'll play a- 40 matches for you. Uh, yeah, and be absolutely incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, the way he talks about it, I think he 100% believes that Newcastle are staying up. So, um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And if we do get relegated, I'm pretty sure they would sell almost everybody and just like blank slate it and just make their own club. Um, yeah, agreed. And I actually have a second favorite signing, which does against the definition of favorite. Ooh. But uh, Dennis Undoff to Brighton um, and then yes, Brighton loaned back. A few. Yeah, interesting. Loaned too. back to Union SG, PUSG um, in Belgium uh, just because of their story and Dennis Undoff's story. Um, for those who don't know, they got promoted this mm-hmm. past season. Uh, they are currently top of the league by 12 points, yeah, I awesome. believe. It's awesome. Um, and Dennis Undov has uh, something like 16 goals and 15 appearances. Uh, so Brighton bought him and immediately loaned him back for the rest of the season. Yeah, and are like, you yeah. guys, yeah, take care of him. But he'll be our player in the summer. Yeah, um, pretty cool. So it's cool. Um, he's 25 as well yeah cool for the player cool for brighton brighton's a cool place to be yeah um cool for union sg Um, yeah he has 18 goals and 25 appearances in the league this season um yeah not quite as good as i uh headlined but uh pretty good um and we'll see we'll see what happens um all right some objectively good signings uh Mm. Caution. Yeah, yeah, we've already talked about all five of mine. Yeah. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes, Anwar El Ghazi, we talked on the last podcast. We did. Luca Dinier, we talked on the last podcast. Hassane Kamara, um, I mentioned him because Newcastle played Watford and he was incredible. Yeah, he's really good. Um, So I think he'll be a good signing. Um, And then Luis Diaz. I think all of those are yeah. pretty objectively good. I didn't want to put too much Newcastle on. Uh, no, you can do objectively that. Objectively good. I um I yeah, I'd agree with all of those and I'm not I'm not throwing out anything else because I don't uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um with all those others. Um give me your worst, Blake. Well, I originally put um uh, Yang not being allowed to let go. 
oh. as the worst signing. Nope, he's he's um, gone. He's gone. So, um, a little bit of a teaser. Um, my another worst signing that actually isn't a signing at all um, is the inaction by some clubs, which I'll bring up later. Um, I think there's yes. quite a few clubs that sort of it really feels like they're accepting their fate at this point. Um, and um, some really weird moves that I, I can bring up in a second. Um, I didn't actually have any real awful signings because I don't off the top of my head. I can't think of a single signing that I was like, Oh my God, that's awful. Um, Maybe if Newcastle had signed Jesse Lingard, um, that would have been my worst signing. But uh, that's just to wind you up. Um, Todd Cantwell <laughs> being allowed to leave Norwich to Bournemouth. Uh, mm. Just super weird. Um, that really feels like Norwich yeah. throwing in the towel a little bit. He's been out of favor yeah, at Norwich. He's that boy especially too. He's, Homegrown. Especially he's a bit of a brat. But, yeah, I um, can tell that quite easily. Yeah, it's the hair. It um, is, and just those celebrations, which are terrible. Uh, and then uh, Brian Heal being allowed to leave on loan. Yes. Uh, I just didn't understand it. Ooh, what's yeah? What's Brian the point? Hill? Oh, because he yeah. just hasn't done anything. I mean, this is a guy. They need to. He needs to develop. He's he hasn't played at all. I reckon that no player with a haircut like that in 2022 can ever be good he needs to cut his hair it is not 2011 have you seen i kind of like it i think in, uh, yeah it's, in a so awful you, it's good kind of way pod listeners i mean just look up the man's hair dad if you're listening that's what my hair looked like when i was 10 so come on brian hill um he gotta cut his hair my god lachelso also moved on loan from tottenham i completely forgot to villarreal um which is a great signing for Villarreal. has not worked out for Giovanni Lachelso at Tottenham. And they have a buy option in the summer, which I'm, I reckon they might try and take because I think it'll be good for them. Sorry, I've uh, sidetracked you. No, that was all my worst signings. Do you have a clear uh, yeah, worst Val signing? Yeah, I hate this signing. I hate it. Okay. It's terrible. Um, I think... No, and now I found out he's a not a nice man. Um, that's fine. But I thought... Uh, before it was a terrible move for the player as well. I do agree with you that it could be boom or bust, um, but I don't understand the signing. He's signed for three years. Uh, I think Burnley are going down. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, all the headlines say that lots and lots of teams were don't want to sign him because he's not vaccinated. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, all right, and I guess that brings us to talking about clubs as a whole yeah. yeah um i have one club as the worst window as having the worst window and i have a feeling you're going to agree with me okay um, but i put arsenal mm. as having no that's the not mine. worst window that's not mine uh, okay then you say yours because i i reckon i know who it is uh it's leicester i think leicester have had the worst window yep. yeah yeah um, um, if you mean by not doing anything. Yeah, uh, um, not doing anything when they desperately, desperately need to do something. Um, so, for example, 
here's my my big one here is why did Leicester not go in for um oh my god uh Callum Chambers for example right like why are Leicester not going in for Callum Chambers why are Leicester not going in for just for cover literally for cover why are you know wh- why aren't they throwing some money at Nat Phillips or they have no defenders like I don't understand like what what are they doing um they've been bad this season really bad and they just there was nothing I don't know I don't know if something is going on behind the scenes and they don't have any money um they're a super well-run club so that would surprise me um but this feels like something is wrong with Brendan Rodgers and I just I feel like they're just riding out they're they're just they're just this season is just a write-off for them they're just riding it out and Brendan Rodgers is going to leave in the summer and then I guess a rebuild but I think they've had the worst season probably tied with sorry worst transfer window probably tied with West Ham although um, I give West Ham the benefit of the doubt I don't give Leicester because we have no money so yeah um throwing into that mix as well uh one of the contenders for worst window is Leeds um who have been sinking quickly um yeah and uh Leeds fans are convinced they're going down still. So, uh, it's if you lose to Newcastle, you kind of deserve to go down. So, uh, we'll, uh, yeah, didn't sign anybody. Um, Leicester didn't sign anybody. Uh, Manchester United didn't sign anyone, which is interesting. Um, I don't think it's the worst idea for them. Southampton are a shout for worst window. Um, they're in sort of a precarious position, um, especially when clubs around them improved themselves. Uh, signing a 40-year-old Willy Caballero on a free is not the uh, most inspiring of signings. Yeah. Um, and then it, West Ham is sad, but... Yeah. Well, yeah, West Ham is West Ham. Like, West Ham doesn't... It doesn't, I've seen, i just seen, you know, all over Twitter, like West Ham fans are very annoyed at Sullivan and Gold. And, you know, I think the thing that annoys me the most, that genuinely really annoyed me is that at the, uh, the last few days, it's felt like a throwback to 2018, where it's like, why are we publicly throwing 50 million pounds at Rafinha and and Phillips from Leeds? They are never going to sell those two on the cusp world-class players to West Ham when they are in a relegation fight two days before the end of the window like what is that like i just don't want to go back to this rubbish don't know what you're doing you know kid on a kid playing fifa career mode kind of recruitment it's ridiculous um and you know if we don't have any money we don't have any money frankly and you know i think we we should have been going harder for the in the whole window for some sort of striker because antonio cannot do it by himself it's been three windows since we sold Alaire. I just, it's just annoying. Um, but, you know, and also I don't understand how we can't, can't have got Jesse Lingard. What, what the hell is that about? Just yeah, like, what why? is Man U doing? What is Man U doing? What is Lingard doing? Why isn't he pushing more earlier in the window for it? What, why aren't we pushing for it? Because Lingard isn't a striker, but clearly Moyes can essentially convert him into one. If not that, then just, he has the goal output of a striker so i just 
you know, and it because when Lingard played for us, Antonio was injured for a stretch and Lingard filled the void. So I just don't understand what we were playing at over the whole month. And I, I think the answer is we literally, li- like, literally don't have any money. Literally. Because because otherwise there would have just been something because that 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 those last two bids or a few bids over the last 3 days were were just the most transparent posturing i've seen in a long time from us um so that was frustrating but you know i'm fine you can tell i'm perfectly fine <laughs> yeah um sad to see um but i can think of a okay. cool but fine 100 million That'll come in in the summer. For Declan, for West yeah. And we're not getting relegated, so I don't really care. It's all good. Um, that feels like a dig at me. Um, mm, although I no, agree with you, no. we probably are getting relegated. No. Um, actually, my outlook on the season has improved slightly. Um, I think we stand a chance now. No, um, I, I think you... Well, I mean, I keep going back and forth because... Um, and excuse me as I actually move right now because my computer's about to die. Um, I think that you will survive because I have you down as my best win- team of the window. Um, I wow. think you've had excellent players, really excellent recruitment. I think that you've done your... Uh-oh. I lost Oscar. I will have to carry the podcast from here. Uh... Thank you, Oscar, for saying Newcastle are the best uh, window. However, I will give the edge to Aston Villa, who I think actually have had the best uh, transfer window, especially for how little uh, money they spent. Um, it's uh, pretty impressive. And that little badum confirms Oscar Saywell has dropped the call, and he returns. And is he alive? Uh, hello? Hello. Yes, you can hear me? Yes, I can. Wonderful. Okay. Sorry about that, but at least my computer isn't dead. Um, no worries. I carried it without you. You take up my mantle. Do you want to finish your thought before I jump back in? Uh, no, continue with Newcastle. So I think that you've done yourself a huge service by not throwing absolutely insane amounts of money at players that don't deserve it, right? So I'm trying to think of a of an example who who's a player that you didn't get who was yes diego carlos right so you are you gave them 30 mil and they were like okay give us 40 and then i think you may you maybe match that and then they were like 50 and then then you're like okay no we're not doing that um and so then Sevilla were like all right fine you can't um they're calling it the tune tax which i think is a wonderful turn of phrase um, but uh, this is the way to do it because if you had paid 50, 60 million pounds for Diego Carlos, who would have maybe all but guaranteed you stay up, especially if you'd signed all those other players at the same time, um, just teams would just mug you off forever. So I think it's, it's a, you've, you've gone for non-glamorous smart signings and you've actually managed to spend an okay amount of money on each signing. Um, that's just what I want to say. That's why you're, you're my team of the window. Yeah. Um, I have been thinking about this window as Matt Target, Dan Byrne, Kieran Trippier, and Chris Wood are like buying four Priuses. Excellent. Although Kieran Trippier yeah. is a Prius X. Yeah, um, sure. Reliable cars, cheap, um, 
will uh, last you a long time, um, are good for the environment, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we also signed a Ferrari in Bruno Guimaraish. Um, but, uh, you know, all five of those cars are still good cars. Um, and they're better than the, like, 1991 Toyota Camrys we were kicking around uh, in December. So, thank you. I, yeah. I'm not sure how much you heard from me. Uh, I did. I, I heard it. Call. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Villa, um, I think, at no expense of Newcastle, um, and like it, calling them the best window does nothing against saying Newcastle had a great window. Yes. It's just Aston Villa had a legitimately incredible transfer window, including, I think, $33 million for Luca Dinier, who, before his knee injury, I would say was the best left back in the world at the time. Um, I just think that's an incredible signing. And I think Aston Villa might be next season's West Ham. Um, but uh, yeah, and Felipe Coutinho. Uh, yes. You know, he's still a decent season. player. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts before I ask you some questions? You know, no. Um, I think I do enjoy the transfer windows. Um, I like the f- frenetic last final days of the January transfer window. Um, and yeah, I do like, I like transfers a lot. I think I don't mind so much that they're becoming uh, very, you know, social media-y. Um, that's not a phrase, but you know what I mean. You know, Fabrizio Romano toes the line literally between influencer and journalist, right? Um, and I, I think that's a fascinating added layer that we have to football now um, over the past, you know, I don't know, post-2015, post-2014. Um in the advent of TikTok and Twitter and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, I've enjoyed it. Uh, and this has been a fun bonus pod, that's for sure. And I got to say, excellent analogy with the Priuses. I mean, excellent analogy. I love that. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have some questions for you to wrap up. Wonderful. Um, if you had your pick of the lot for center back for West Ham, who would uh-huh. you have signed? Pick of the lot. I can, well, realistic. Like within you know. realistic, like actually yeah. realistic. Seeing as we really don't have much money, that's an easy well, one for me. I would know, say Nat Phillips. Let's say, Nat Phillips. Okay, that's what that's, I was wondering. I'm astonished um, that he's gone to Bournemouth and not us. Surely Liverpool know that we're not rivals to them. I mean, my God, maybe maybe that's why he. But I would have gone hard for Nat Phillips. I I know I'm big on him and. You know, maybe it's because he play, he's played supreme. I think he was man of the match both times he's played us. But he's better than Diop. He's better than Diop in Dawson. He wouldn't have been that expensive. We probably could have got him on loan. He would have played every match. Why? Why didn't we get him in? Why didn't we get him in in the summer? I just don't understand. So there you go. Yeah, I think there are maybe eight or nine Premier League clubs that... Uh would have been improved by signing him. Yeah, um, agreed, agreed. Bournemouth, talking that's, about, that's, that's be, a coup for them. Sorry, go. Yeah, talking about best transfer windows, Bournemouth had a stormer. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and they're um, gunning for promotion. I hope, I, well, yeah, I like Bournemouth, so I hope they get it. But I also really want Blackburn to come up. So, And Fulham are definitely getting promoted, so I, I'm not sure. It's a, it's a good, it's, as always, the Championship is an excellent league. Uh, yes, especially this season. This season's been yes. uh, full of Yeah, we see this every season. It's are. so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the final like five match days of the championship season, I think, are the best of football. Mm. Um, it's just wonderful. Okay. Um, Alexander Isak uh, had a 90 million euro release clause. If yes. you were Arsenal, would you have pulled this release? Absolutely not. Um, Isak is an immense talent and I love him as a player. I think he's really, really good. Um, I, Arsenal don't have that kind of money. Um, that's just an enormous fee in the post-COVID era. Uh, he struggled a lot at Dortmund. Uh, I think that says something. And he has not had a fantastic season for Real Sociedad this season. Um, his numbers have been way down. Um, and Arsenal fans are way too down on Lacazette. Lacazette is perfectly serviceable. I'm not sure what Isak gives you in the next six months. He's not firing you to a top four finish. You'd have to do that another way because I, I don't see him hitting the ground running in the Premier League um, at his age. Um, and so he's not going to get you the 10 goals in half a season, 12 goals in half a season that you'd need to get a Champions League spot. So at, no way in hell would I have done that if I was Arsenal. Yeah. Fair. Um, rumor has it they bid sixty million. Yeah, they bid a lot. They down. bid a lot of money for him. Yeah. Um, the only thing I have to say is uh, Lacazette and Inketia is a certainly not a top six striking. No, line. but I think so. I think it's made up for the fact that that Arteta is trying to pivot to a Pep Guardiola. I don't believe in strikers anymore system. Martinelli can also kind of fill in there. Martinelli is their natural goal scorer, right? You could, you could also... Lacazette is an excellent finisher as well. He's just, he's just... As he's aged, he's less of a poacher. And he's now more of a... He plays deeper, basically. Um, and then doesn't really have the legs to get in the box. Um, I, think, I think Lacazette has been really good this season. I don't understand why Arsenal fans slash football fans, Premier League fans in general, are so down on him right now. You know... He missed a high-profile chance against Burnley, but he was really good in that game. I, I think that I'd rather have Lacazette over Aubameyang right now, and they've got rid of the right player. Um, so, yeah, but I agree with you. Nketiah has struggled, and, and yeah, it's, there's not goals coming from them, that's for sure. Fair enough. Um, sticking with Arsenal, um, who had a worse window, Arsenal or Manchester United? Off the pitch, not included. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to get into that. Um, uh, all I'll say is that the fact that Martial's gone is quite is not great for them now. Um, but that's really beside the point and irrelevant um, to what's, what has happened. Uh, you know what, Blake? I mean, okay, I'll say Man U because I think, despite the fact I have, you know, Alba has given us some good times and he's been a fun player in the past. Uh, that ship had sailed, and it is very good that Arsenal got him off the books. So, Manu. Fair. Um, this next question is going to be very near and dear to your heart. Um, 
what's next for Jesse Lingard? Oh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Um, what's next for him? I, I I have no idea. I can answer much more smoothly what should be next for him or what I think he should do. And I think he should leave England. Um, I think the West Ham stuff has sailed now. Uh, something went, I don't know what happened there. Um, I could actually see if Newcastle stay up. I could see him going to you. He, I think he wants to stay in the North. Um, that seems to be the vibe. Um, so I'll say either he moves to Newcastle, if you guys stay up, which I think would be great for you, uh, or he goes abroad. And I was obsessed with, like, he was linked to Nice, and I was like, oh, come on, that would be so cool. Um, a club like that, right? You know, I, I, if I was a footballer, that's what I would do. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. I don't... I'm very confused on my opinion on Jesse Lingard and whether or not I'd want him to play for Newcastle. Um, it's just the the highs have been incredibly high, but yeah. have been few and far between. Um, and when he's not on form, he's a very expensive, very annoying person. Yeah. Um, so I just don't know if I'd want him or not. Um, and then my, yeah. my final question for you, um, in terms of entertainment as a whole, uh, where does this January window rank um, in terms of your memory? Oh, my memory. You know, I think, yeah, you know what? I mean, just looking at everything, I think the last week has been extremely exciting. We haven't even touched on the Dembele saga where it was like he was going to go and now he's not. And yes, he is. And he was going to go to PSG. That was all but done. And then it collapsed at the last second. Um, it's been pretty decent transfer window, I think. Um, yeah, I, I've enjoyed it for sure. I think last season was was fun too, definitely on a personal level, um, because West Ham signed Lingard and then that was sensational. Um, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. But I, I typically, I tend to enjoy uh, transfer windows. Because uh, yeah, I really like the, the moves lower down the leagues or the, the niche moves. I don't really care for the big money ones. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I thought this was a thoroughly entertaining transfer window. Yeah. Um, I found myself a lot more engaged than I normally would be. And yes. I think well, know, Newcastle had a yeah. decent uh, chunk of that. But I think even outside of Newcastle, um, right. there were a lot of very smart moves. And, um, you know, I kind of enjoyed... Man City, Man U, Arsenal, Spurs not dumping, you know, huge amounts sure. of money on a player. Sure. Um, so I thought it was a a, a fun one. Um, this, uh, oh, I just saw Rubens Shemedo just joined FC Porto, which is an interesting signing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Weird player um, he is. Oh, yeah. final. Uh, confirmed exit from Newcastle United. Jeff Hendrick leaves. Oh, for QPR. For QPR. Yes. Thank goodness. Yeah, you hate um, him. QPR, fantastic team in the championship this season. Um, so uh, that, that might be fun for him. Yeah, we'll see. He's an awful player. So, <laughs> um, Nico Williams uh, went on loan to Fulham as well from Liverpool. 
Uh, yeah, Fulham are gonna. Oh, easy. Thwomp. Yeah. Literally this scored nineteen goals season. in five days the other week. So, um, just easy, easy money for them. Yeah. Um, this has been episode seventeen of season two of the Peak Too Early podcast. Wonderful. We are officially eighteen months into the uh, or like the f- one match into the eighteenth month of us having this podcast. Um, and it's been a blast. Mm. Um, so if you're listening, please leave a review, send us an email, follow us on please. Twitter, all the good things, um, and take care. Take care. I'm standing. <laughs>